So this morning, I want to talk to you one more message, just one more time about this blessed home. You know, when we build our lives on the Word of God, we're going to be blessed. And when we build our homes on the Word of God, our homes are going to be blessed. I think our homes ought to be so blessed that the world around us can see something different about our homes. And one of the ways that our homes should be radically different is that we should have the peace of God in our homes. There's such a desperate need for that in our world. I'll tell you, this is something that's available to every believer, is that we have the peace of God in our home. You know, for a lot of people, their home is one of the greatest areas of conflict for them. And I want to encourage you today, this is not fantasy, this is real, this is something that you can actually have in your home. It's not going to come easy, and it may not happen overnight, but if you live by the principles of Scripture, I'm telling you, you can have the peace of God in your home. I realize there's all kinds of families here this morning, you know, and I just want to say, it doesn't matter if you're single or you live with 10 other people, you need peace in your home. And I, I know that there are some of you that, you know, you, you generally have peace in your home. And there's some of you that it's hard for you to even imagine what that's like. But wherever you are in your spiritual journey and whatever's going on in your home, I believe that God will speak to you today some things that will help you to learn to have peace in your home. Now, Jesus said the storms of life are going to come. But if we build our life on his word, then we're going to be blessed. We're going to stand through the storms. But the storms are supposed to be on the outside, not on the inside. I mean, if you've got storms inside your home, you got a big mess, right? And I just want to say plainly, our home should be a place of shelter and refuge, a place where we sense and feel and know the peace of God. I think most people just kind of consider it normal to fight and argue. In fact, it's the subject of a lot of Comedian humor. They use it all the time. There's all kinds of jokes you can make about the stuff that goes on in the home. But it's not really funny because the lack of peace in the home does so much harm. You know, we tell teenagers, don't say everybody does it. In fact, when they say that, we say, no, they don't. If everybody jumps off a cliff, are you going to jump off a cliff? But then when it comes to us adults, sometimes we kind of do the same thing. At least maybe we don't say it out loud, but we have that attitude that when it comes to strife and conflict and arguing in the home, well, everybody does it. No, they don't. And it doesn't have to be that way. And you need to know that because if you're going to see the peace of God in your home, you have, to, you have to believe for that. You have to realize that this is available to you. You need to have vision for that. I'm going to tell you this morning, it's just plain wrong for us. It's unscriptural for believers to have strife and conflict and arguing, fighting in the home. Our home should be a place of peace. Jesus says in Mark 9:50, have peace with one another. Now, he's talking about all of us. Well, there's, there's something to work towards for all of us. Have peace with one another. How much more in our homes should we have peace with one another? 1 Thessalonians 5.13, be at peace among yourselves. There's enough strife and conflict out in this world. We need to have peace among ourselves, and it ought to be normal for the Christian home. It ought to be our favorite place to be 
other than church. Amen. A place where there's real peace. It's available to all of us. You know, if we're going to have peace in our home, first, we got to have peace in our own heart and life. It's one of the biggest reasons people don't have peace in the home is that they themselves don't have peace. It keeps them from ever having peace in their home. And so I'm not going to take a lot of time to talk about this or teach about this this morning. I just want you to understand that you personally need to receive the peace of God in your life. Jesus says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Now, if Jesus wants to give you something, you should receive it. You should just receive it. How do you do that? You you receive it by faith. Listen, if if you're born again, this is how you got saved. You just received what Jesus did for you on the cross. You received it by faith. And when Jesus says, my peace I give to you, you need to receive that by faith. Just say, Lord, I thank you for that peace that you give to me. The Prince of Peace says, my peace I give to you. It's a peace that's not dependent upon circumstance. No, he mentions Not a peace like the world gives. See, the world's peace is fleeting. It's dependent on circumstance. In one minute you might have it, and the next minute something happens and it's gone. But the peace that Jesus gives is a real peace on the inside that the world can't give and the world can't take away. And so you need to have that peace. You need to receive that by faith. You know, as we go through life, of course there's things that happen all the time. I mean, you... I guess it wouldn't be wrong to say every single day there are things that happen that can steal away your peace. We can, we can find ourselves, even, even though we've received the peace of Jesus, we can find ourselves all bent out of shape and upset about things, but the Bible has an answer for that. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. See, when, when, the, when the stuff of life gets you bent out of shape, pray. And I always like to make the point here, listen, it didn't say, uh, you know, throw up a little prayer. That doesn't work. What does work is if you pray with thanksgiving, See, when you pray with thanksgiving, you're expecting, right? You're believing, right? You wouldn't be praying with thanksgiving if you're not believing. But when you pray with thanksgiving, how long do you pray? Until the peace comes. Now, if that takes five seconds, great. If it takes five minutes, if it takes however long it takes, you need to, if you're upset and anxious and wound up about something, you need to pray until the peace comes. And then we have this fantastic promise that that peace will guard our heart and our mind. Yes. See, God wants you to have peace. And when you have peace, then you can begin to expect and to believe for peace in your home. And you need to pray for peace. You need to pray that the peace of God would come on your home. You know, Jesus says, before you take something away from the strong man, 
before you take his goods, he says, you first have to bind the strong man. And you see, if you're going to get rid of strife in your house, you're going to see the peace of God in your house, you're going to have to bind the enemy. You're going to have to pray and believe God for that peace to come. Expect it to be different. Next, we need to seek peace and pursue it. I think a lot of people just kind of think peace is something that, well, it either happens or it doesn't. You know, we wish we had peace, but we don't. Well, here's the thing. The Bible says several times, seek peace and pursue it. You got to go after it. You got to do things to get peace. Seek peace and pursue it. One of those is 1 Peter 3, 11. Another is Psalm 34, 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Go after it. We want something bad enough, I want to tell you, we can usually get it. Are you pursuing peace? You know, in our culture today, it's all the rage to have goals. I think you ought to have goals. I think that's a good thing. But a lot of the time, it seems like people make their goals about worldly things. Their goals are about, you know, being successful in business and I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying that that's not important. But I'm just saying that this is so much way above that. To have peace in your home. You, you can have all the stuff in this world and live in a giant mansion and be miserable. But if you've got the peace of God in your home, oh, that, that is such a priceless treasure to have God's peace in your home. One way we can seek peace, we can pursue peace, is by being agreeable. You know, it's weird to me, but agreeable, that's, that's almost like a negative thing to say in our culture right now. People take that as, oh, you're saying be a doormat. No, that's not what I said at all. I'm talking about learning to get along, learning to agree. Listen, in our culture right now, the attitude is is that we might agree on 99% of everything. Let's find that one thing we disagree about and let's get at it. I gotta say, I'm just going to say it the way I feel it, all right? Y'all just bear with me, all right? That is stupid. Talk about all the things you agree about. It's amazing to me. People can agree on 99 things, but instead of getting along, we're going to focus on that one thing, and we're just going to hash it out until we part company. See, this is the attitude, the spirit that's in our world right now is it's so divisive, always in conflict. And you, you see this in the media all the time, always stirring it up, stirring it up. Miserable. You're going to have peace in your home. You're going to have to learn to be agreeable. I'm not talking about compromise. I'm not talking about, you know, that you, anything goes. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But I'm talking about that we need to learn how to love one another to the point that we don't have to have our way. There's great power in agreement. You know, when you work together, you can accomplish so much more. But not only in natural things, but in spiritual things. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, if two of you agree, you see, you need to be agreeable. If you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them of my Father in heaven. That's one of the things that we do down here at the front at the end of the service. We always have an opportunity for people 
to have somebody pray with them, and this is what we say, to agree with them in prayer because there's great power in agreement. Jesus, i got to read it again. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they, will ask, that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What a fantastic promise that he promises us that he'll answer our prayer when we come to agreement. And in the home, and listen, especially husband and wife or parent and child, how powerful it is when you join together in prayer and you agree. Be agreeable. There's another way to say that, all right? Be a peacemaker. The Bible says, in fact, Jesus said it, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Are we children of God? Anybody out there a child of God? You're supposed to be a peacemaker. That's who we are. Uh, You know, over the years, I watched a lot of John Wayne movies, you know. John Wayne, he makes makes peace with his fist and his gun. Hallelujah. But I got to tell you, that's not really the way it's done. No, if we're really going to be a peacemaker, it's because we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and to help us, and we, we act like Jesus instead of acting like the world. But be a peacemaker. Be agreeable. Third, to have peace in your home, you got to decide that strife is unacceptable. I've known some people in my life, it just almost seemed like they enjoyed it. I mean, you know, they even said things like, I like a good fight. Well, let me tell you, that's sin. With three of you know it. I want you all to know it. Because until you decide it's sin, you're going you're gonna to accept it in your life and in your home. You need to make up your mind. You've got to decide that strife is unacceptable. Romans 13, 12 through 14, this is what it says. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. We believe that, right? I mean, we all, no sincere believer wants sin in their life. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness. Amen? Amen. Not in lewdness and lust. Amen? Yeah. We don't want that kind of sin in our life. Not in strife and envy. You need to acknowledge. You need to decide. Strife is a sin. It is unacceptable in our life and in our home. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Just don't even allow room for strife in your home. Now, those of you that knew our former pastor, you know he was such a gentle and meek man and just so kind, such a sweet man. Bold in the pulpit. But, you know, personally, he was quiet and soft-spoken and just had such a good way about him, you know. Carmen told me that one time her and her sister were arguing over something. She didn't remember what it was, you know, but they, these cute little twin girls, you know, they began to raise their voice a little bit. And Dad came in the room and he said, we're not going to have that in this house. We don't argue in this house. Now, some of you are thinking, oh, my goodness. That's fantasy. No, that's real. I just want you to understand, you, you can get there to the place where you don't have that in your house. But you've got to decide it's not acceptable. 
Now, some people get the attitude, well, I have to put up with stuff everywhere else, but not at home. You know, what they're saying is, at home, I can be selfish and carnal and even hateful. Got to put up with stuff everywhere else, but at home, I don't have to. No, at home is where you do your very best. At home is where you especially want to be the peacemaker. You know, some people, they work way too hard. Anybody ever work way too hard besides me? Anybody else? I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I, I know where you live. I know it's the same for you. You work too hard and you come home grumpy. Anybody ever leave the house grumpy already? I've been grumpy before. I had nothing, nothing to do with Carmen, believe me. But, you know, I, I, I've been grumpy in the mornings even. I'm just not really a morning person. There's just not enough coffee in the world. But I remember one day I was leaving the house. And Carmen says, well, have a good day. All bright and she, have a good day. I said, I've already made other plans. <laughs> uh, true story. But some of us, we come home all grumpy. We bring home the bacon, but we also bring home the garbage. Here's a proverb that we need to hear this morning. Proverbs 17, 1. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. And there it is. This is more important than whatever else you have in your house. If you have the peace of God, just decide. You're not bringing strife into your home. You're not going to allow that in your home. I love this little story about this guy. He hired a, a carpenter to uh, remodel an old farmhouse that he had. And one day the, the carpenter just had a terrible day. We all know what those are like, right? And, you know, first he had a flat tire and made him an hour late to work. And then his saw quit, quit working, just died in the middle of the job. Saw quits working. And then his old pickup, you know, what the worst kind of trouble you can have, right? No, not the worst, but it sure isn't fun. Car trouble. His old pickup wouldn't start. And so the man gives him a ride home. And when they get there, the old carpenter, he says, I'd like for you to meet my wife and kids. And so they're walking up the, the sidewalk to the house. And, and the carpenter, he just stops at this little tree for just a minute. And he kind of touches a few of the ends of the branches. And then he goes on up to the front porch and hugs his kids, and kisses his wife, introduces them to the man. And then he walk, he's walking the man back to his car. And the man asks him, he's like, just curious, what is that about with the tree? He said, well, that's my trouble tree. He said, when I come home after working and I've had hassles and problems and troubles during the day, he said, I just hang them on that tree. I'm not taking that stuff inside with me. And he said, the next morning, when I come out, I find there's not near as much as I thought there was when I came home. But here's the point I really want to make to you. You see, whatever troubles and hassles and strife and conflict might be going on out in this world, when you get to your house, you don't take that garbage in the house with you. We take our garbage out and put it out at the street. You don't bring garbage into your house. Strife is garbage. You don't bring that old grumpy attitude into your house. No, you got to decide you can't have that 
in your home. Be the peacemaker in your house. I mean, if you're going to be a peacemaker anywhere, it ought to be in your own, in your own house. No man should be a lion in his own house. Be the peacemaker of your house. So how does strife get into our homes? Well, it's of the devil. But I want you to know the devil has to have some help. Somebody's got to help him. Somebody's got to be the one that's willing to bring that into the house and to start it. If you're going to truly have, to, going to truly have peace in your home, I'm telling you, you've got to decide, I'm going to be a peacemaker. Are you going to be the one that diffuses the argument? Are you going to be the one that throws gasoline on it? Hmm. Proverbs 22 and 10. Cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. Now there are sometimes maybe in the workplace you got a troublemaker. Always stirring things up. I want to tell you, best thing in the world is somebody just get rid of that person. Just go ahead and give them the boot so you can have peace. But if you're thinking about booting your spouse, I got a better idea. In fact, I think we need to apply this scripture to our own lives in a spiritual way. Cast out the scoffer and contention will leave. You see, we all have an old sinful nature that's prone to dissension and conflict and strife. We, get, we need to cast out that old scoffer. We need to cast out that old nature. We need to decide, you know what? I'm not going to let that old me rise up and cause strife in my home. I'm not going to allow that in my home. I'm going to have peace. Galatians chapter 5, talking about the old sinful nature. I want to read just a little bit of it to you from beginning from verse 19. It says, the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and I'm going to skip here, Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, and dissensions. He says, which I told you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You see, sometimes we just need to realize that when, we, when we're all bent out of shape and everything, we need to realize that that's that old nature trying to get the best of us. Right. And instead, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to have peace, to have self-control, to have the joy of the Lord. But until you settle it in your own heart and you get the strife out, I want to tell you there's no way you're ever really going to have peace in your home. Say, some people think, well, if everybody would just do what I want. No. You still wouldn't really have peace. I want to tell you something. You can be all alone by your lonesome and not have peace in your home. You don't get peace just because everybody agrees with you and you get your way. Next, to have peace, we have to deal with our own pride. If you really want peace in your home, as I said, you've got to be the peacemaker, but get this, to do that, you're going to have to humble yourself. 
Proverbs 13.10 says, By pride comes nothing but strife. Do you know the disciples got in strife with one another because of pride? Well, it still happens in churches today. The disciples still do it. But it also happens in the home. It's Luke 22.24. It says, And there was also a strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. You know, it was all about who was going to be the most important. And so they had strife. It was born out of pride. And so it is in the home that so much of the time, the problems, the strife goes back to, or the source of it, is pride. And if you can get rid of the pride, if you can let go of the pride, if you can humble yourself, you can stop the strife, you can stop the conflict, you can have peace. Now see, the world has made pride into a good thing. But you'll never find that in the Bible. In fact, the Bible says that pride goes before destruction. And pride has been the driver to destroy so many homes. In fact, sometime when the dust all settles and it's all over, people will say, but I still have my pride. If you're going to be a peacemaker, if you're, going to have, if you're going to have peace in your home, I'm telling you, you've got to get the strife out. And to do that, you've got to be willing to humble yourself. Well, I'm right, and they're wrong. Okay. How many of you have ever been wrong? Raise your hand anyway. <laughs> you don't want somebody to think you're full of pride, full of yourself, right? Now, here's the thing. Could it happen again? I'm certain it will. I'm talking about me. I know it will happen again. There are some things that I know I'm probably wrong about because 10 years from now I'll be like, I can't believe I used to think that. Anybody else? I mean, have you changed your mind about some things? If you ain't changed your mind about nothing in 10 years, you sure are stubborn and wrong. You need to learn and grow. And you see, but that's the way pride is. Demands to have its way. So certain that I could not be wrong. They're wrong, not me. And no matter what happens, no matter what it costs, not let go of that pride. Oh, how much better to humble yourself and make room for God to work in your home, in your marriage, and in your own life. Pride builds walls. Keeps us from receiving corrections. It keeps us in the place where our hurts can't be healed. Pride gets in a relationship and nobody will take responsibility for making the relationship better. But here's one of the biggest things. It's James 4, 6. And the Bible says this several times. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You see, if God is resisting you, some people say, oh, that doesn't fit in with my theology and what I believe. I just believe the Bible, and I preach the Bible, and I don't care what baloney, what pop theology is going on in our world. This is what the Bible says twice in the New Testament. God resists the proud, but he gives grace. Grace to the humble. And when you are prideful, 
Guess what? God is resisting you. And you're in trouble. But when you humble yourself, God will help you. He will show you unearned, undeserved favor. And when you pray, and you want the peace of God in your home, and you are humble before the Lord, I'm telling you, that leaves room for God to work, to be better to you than you deserve. Amen. Listen, next, we need to deal with issues properly. There's always going to be disagreements, but you need to discuss them without selfishness, without pride, and hear me now, without anger. See, to keep peace in your home, you've got to handle anger with the help of the Holy Spirit. So many homes, they lose the peace because the devil gets a foothold through anger. Listen to this from Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Be angry and do not sin. If somebody made you angry, somebody did wrong, The answer is not for you to commit a sin too. Be angry and do not sin. You need, to be, you need to keep yourself under control when you're angry. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now this is for married couples, but I don't know, maybe for parent and child too. Don't go to bed mad. Now, I don't know how you do things in your house, but in my house, we say, we say, I love you. And we're going to say, I love you every night, no matter what might have happened during the day. And you got to get there. I don't care how mad you are. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You, you need to deal with that properly. You need to decide, I'm going to handle it. I'm not going to let it handle me. Amen. If you're going to have peace in your house, you've got to deal with anger the right way. Verse 27, he says, nor give place to the devil. Because when you don't handle your anger right, you are opening the door for the devil to bring strife and conflict and problems into your home. Don't give him place. But if you don't control anger, it'll control you. If you're going to have peace in your home, you need to see uncontrolled anger as an enemy. You can't have it in your home. I believe the Word of God is true. I believe that it works. And I'll tell you that if we'll just believe God and keep trusting Him and doing things His way, it will work. You know, whenever somebody gets angry, a lot of the time people start raising their voice and things escalate back and forth and back and forth. Now, <clears throat> I get loud sometimes. Did y'all notice that? <laughs> Did you know in 40 years I have never heard my wife raise her voice in our home? Never. I've never heard her raise her voice in a personal conversation with anybody. I mean, she might raise her voice a little bit in the pulpit. I have never heard her raise her voice in a personal conversation, ever. 
And she uses this, prince, this principle so well that even when people are mad at her, even when people give her a hard time, and, and by the way, I wouldn't do that. I'm just saying. Here's what she does. It's Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath. You say, well, I tried that. It didn't work. Keep doing it. Because sooner or later, they're going to feel stupid for talking with an ugly, loud voice to you when you keep answering with a soft answer. A soft answer. This is the principle of Scripture. This stuff actually works. I mean, there's so much in the Bible that we don't live. If we just do what it says, a soft answer turns away wrath. This works. Now, get the next part. But a harsh word stirs up anger. See, you come back with a harsh word, guess what? It's just going to another whole level. So if there's anger in your home and somebody's mad, what do you do? Use that soft answer. Next, speak peace. Oh, there's such power in our words. Proverbs says there's power of death and life in the tongue. You need to speak peace. 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. So you pray for peace. Do you believe that you receive it? Listen, if you're praying and you don't believe, you're just talking. Jesus says, whatever things you desire when you pray and believe you receive, you shall have it. You pray and you believe for peace. But then you also need to speak it. I believe and therefore speak. You need to speak peace over your home. Jesus talked about this in, in Mark eleven twenty three that if we would say to the mountain, be removed and not doubt in our heart, but believe the things which we say will happen, we will have what we say. Now, I know that's been used and abused in a lot of different ways, but let me tell you, this is really powerful when it comes to your home. You need to speak peace to your home. I want you to see this in Luke 10, 5. Jesus sends out the 70 disciples in Luke chapter 10. This is what he told them. He says, whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. So here these guys are going out to all these places they've never been before. They don't know these people. And before they go into this house, what do they do? Peace to this house. They don't want to go into a house that's filled with strife and conflict and all kinds, you know, just that icky feeling. And No, they want to walk into a house where there's peace. Now, I want you to stay with me here. Jesus told them to do this. Speak peace. Say peace to this house. Jesus never, ever, ever did things just for religious ritual. This is not just some, you know, weird thing, you know, bless you, bless you, peace. Listen, Jesus had a reason. There's a purpose for doing this. It was something powerful that they would speak peace to this home. 
and you as a child of God, you need to speak peace to your own home especially if it hadn't been that way. You need to start speaking peace to that home. I mean, you might feel like you're calling those things that be not as though they were, amen? It's faith, but you're speaking peace to that home, peace to this house. In fact, you might ought to put a little sign above the door or something, you know, above the garage. Or, but remind yourself and tell yourself, I'm going to speak peace to my home. I'm believing and I'm speaking peace over my home. Now, if all you ever believe for is salvation, I'm telling you, I know that's a, that's a stretch. That's a long ways to go. But I'm telling you, that peace is available to you. Jesus gave it to you, and you need to have it in your home. Peace to this house. Talked about this verse a week or two ago, but I want to bring it back just one more time. Ephesians 4.20 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. See, in your home, you need to be careful about what you say. You know, I think sometimes we get that mindset and that attitude, well, I'm home, I can just, you know, let my hair down. I can just say whatever. No, you need to be careful about what you say. Your words can bring fear and doubt and hurt and unbelief, or your words can bring encouragement and strength and faith and even healing. See, it's important how you talk in your home. You need to realize that the words that you speak make a difference. So speak peace to your home and speak peace in your home, if you're going to have peace, I want to tell you, you need to avoid arguments. You say, well, they're saying something wrong. That doesn't mean that you've got to fix everybody. No, you need to have peace. That's more important than you being right. Sometimes you need to choose peace. Sometimes you just need to pray for somebody. You need to let God deal with them. But I'm telling you, it's so important that you have peace in your home. Speak peace. Say things that bring peace. And last, this is really short. Make your home a spiritual place. You can't expect to have the peace of God if your home is not a spiritual place. Make it a spiritual place. I mean, if you're playing worship music in your home instead of country music top 40... Oh, preacher's gone to meddling now. I'm just telling you, you're playing worship music in your home, it's a whole lot more likely you're going to feel peace in that place. I remember years ago when Carmen and I were having a house built. One time uh, we lived with her parents, with the Nichols, and we just, we talk about that time. Now we treasure that time it was just really special to us. And, but one of the things that was so notable about their home was the peace there. And, you know, every, every person that ever stayed at their home, I think everybody commented about that, was the peace that they felt in that home. And you can have that in your home. But you need to make your home a spiritual place. Don't allow things into your home that wouldn't be pleasing to the Lord. You need to have this attitude that Jesus is the unseen guest at every meal. It might even be a good idea just to pull up an extra chair, set another place setting, and just imagine if Jesus is sitting at your table and he's hearing the conversation. You see? 
Maybe Jesus is in the den watching TV with you. I don't know. Make your home a spiritual place if you want to have the peace of God. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I want our prayer partners to come.